are we to do when our parenting journey takes a turn that we are not expecting? The reality is the Word of God was ultimately written by someone who does understand your every sorrow and trial. Hebrews chapter 4 says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I'm so glad that you're joining us. Today is episode 157, and we're doing a throwback episode. So a throwback episode from about a year and a half ago in our mom-to-mom ministry, and it's called Fruitful Challenges. And I'm excited about this one. I actually was there in person, and I have to say that the women that sat on the panel for this episode have some real stories to tell and some real life experiences in the parenting journey both from the end of being a child and being a parent. We are going to hear it all today. All right, as moms, we are pretty good at toughing it out through hard days, sleepless nights, and even bigger challenges that come our way, aren't we? I mean, look at the t-shirts and the memes that spur us on. My superpower is being a mom. If mom can't do it, no one can. And my personal favorite that I saw recently Anything you can do, I can do one-handed and while breastfeeding. (laughs) And there is a mug out here this morning. Did anybody grab it? It says, I can handle anything. I'm a mom. Yay. Here you go, Dakota. You get some. And if you can't do it, then chocolate will get you through. So there you go. All right. So we do kind of pride ourselves in this a little bit. But what about when a challenge comes that more directly affects our children? A medical diagnosis, being bullied at school, behavioral and developmental struggles, their souls. These type of challenges can be much harder for moms because we can't control it or grit our teeth and bear it for our children the way that we often want to. So when these type of challenges come into our lives, in the lives of our kids. How can we maintain our focus on who really is in control so that we can ultimately point our kids to him as well? These three wonderful women here are going to be up here talking to us about that this morning. Welcome ladies. Thanks for being here this morning. Why don't we go ahead and start by doing a little introduction. Let us know about yourselves. All right, so my name is Rebecca Kepler. I'm married to Zach. We have two kids, Robin and Jasper. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mama, and I keep busy by keeping her home and just doing lots of various things around the church, like music, Awana, design and stuff, that kind of thing. Um, I'm Renee Dries, and I'm married to Paul, and we have eight eight children. Uh, Three are adopted. Um, I have homeschooled most of the years until the last few, and I'm also a flight attendant. So my family has gone on some pretty cool trips. I'm Lisa Dominguez. My husband's name is Mario. We have um, 
Well, my husband had two kids from a previous marriage, uh, Raymond and Allie. And Allie passed away in 2013. And um, Raymond is married, and I am the proud Mimi to four grandkids through him. Um, we have nine kids besides that. Um, so four of them are bio and five of them are adopted from China. So we have five special needs kids from China. Um, our special needs range from a child with cerebral palsy, a child with Down syndrome, a child who is deaf and has bilateral co uh, cochlears, uh, a child that has uh, bilateral microtia, which is an outer ear deformity. So he has hearing issues as well and has bilateral bajas. Um, a child who was supposed to come home with congenital heart disease and by God's grace is perfectly healthy. And while all of those special needs are challenging in their own respects, our biggest special need is probably raising kids who have been through early childhood trauma and that by far affects them way more than their special needs. So, um, but, and I'm a stay-at-home mom, so. Yay. All right, well, thanks for letting us know a little bit about you guys. Um, now, of course, there are many challenges we face or will face, but tell us a bit about the challenging situations that the Lord has brought to you regarding your children. Okay, so, <clears throat> Woo! Like the rest of you, my voice is not quite 100% after all the sickness. Um, so I was born with a genetic syndrome called Chicha Collins. Um, if you've read the book or seen the movie Wonder, then you know what I'm talking about, which I haven't, but I've heard it's good. I don't know. Um, so basically, with Chicha Collins, the bones in your face are underdeveloped, and we also have the um, ear deformity, like what Lisa was talking about, the same thing. Um, and so I wear hearing aids, round reverse hearing aids, and I've had several surgeries when I was younger to repair, just be, uh, various facial things. My first son, Robin, was also born with Treacher Collins um, and was born with a cleft palate that was repaired surgically about a year ago. Um, and he also wears hearing aids and will probably have to have some surgeries later on, but we're not quite sure what that looks like yet. Um, yeah, so um, I did have some challenges. I had to think about this. I'm like, oh, yes, I had some. I've um, had some children diagnosed with some pretty serious things like epilepsy and Kawasaki disease. And I've also had foster ch children removed from my home, and I didn't want them removed. <laughs> And um, I also have a child who's not following the Lord, an adult child. Well, um, my stepdaughter spent a lot of time pursuing things that broke our hearts. So we went through a few years of um, um, watching her be our prodigal. And that's, that's challenging. Um, and then her unexpected passing in 2013 was uh, really difficult. Um, that wasn't what we were praying for God to do in her life or the way that we expected him to answer our prayers. Um, but that was a challenge. Um, you know, we, we have um, our boys and all their multiple special needs um, and their learning delays and their developmental delays and their IEPs and their 
doctor's appointments and their physical therapies, which we were really kind of done with. <laughs> I think we've reached a point with most of them that they've gained all the function that they're going to gain. So, um, but that has been challenging, balancing all of their um, different needs and trying to homeschool in it and then figuring out your relief and not made to homeschool multiple special needs kids. Um, and then going through the school system and all the challenge that that provides. Um, but like I said earlier, raising kids with early childhood trauma is by far um, the biggest challenge that I think we deal with, with the exception of Ellie's passing. Well, you've just mentioned things that aren't necessarily new challenges you've been dealing with for a while. So tell us, how have you seen God use these challenges in your own lives, in the lives of others, and in the lives of your kids? Well, we know that the Bible, we know from the Bible that God uses challenges to bring forth fruit in our lives. It says that very clearly. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, which I think is on your little... Um, note card thing. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So even though the Bible says it very clearly, it can be really hard in the midst of trial to believe that God is growing us through it. And it can be even harder to believe that God is growing our children through their trials. But from my own life, I want to encourage you that God does indeed grow children through their trials and challenges. I'm convinced that a lot of my faith and, and spiritual maturity that I have has come from the physical challenges that I faced when I was a child. I knew that God was in charge of all things. I knew that he was good. I knew that he had a plan and I knew that he loved me. Yeah, and what is Robin's middle name? Steadfast, which comes from James. Well, it was kind of a happy accident, actually. (laughs) Okay. And here's a little plug for the podcast. If you haven't heard Rebecca's podcast on Unshaken about that, you should listen to it because it's amazing. Um, Yeah, Rebecca, that's incredible because I think we do often forget that God does want to use challenges in our children's lives to grow them. So... How do you think we can help them see this and and do that? So if we desire for our children to be strengthened by their physical challenges, we need to teach and pray that they are convinced of these four truths. Number one, God is in charge of all things. Number two, God is good and all that he does is good. Number three, God has a plan. And number four, God loves them. Even if our kids can't fully grasp why God is bringing them through a particular challenge, we can give them these truths to help their little hearts to cling to their Father God. We can pray that God will use these truths to draw them near to Him, and we can trust that God will use their challenges in many ways. And yes to everything Rebecca just said. Um, I don't think we can stress that part enough. Um, And that's the hope that I think all of us have anchored ourselves in up here. And I, and I hope it's the hope that you guys have anchored yourselves in as you walk through your own family situations and circumstances. Um, I think I would add to that that nothing is wasted in God's economy. I mean, nothing that you go through, um, nothing you experience 
is wasted. And I can add to that, personally speaking, um, walking through the grocery store, um, I, I know a lot less than I thought I knew when I was younger. <laughs> so walking through a grocery store in my 20s, you know, you would see a child screaming and a mom struggling with a child. And um, I think I was probably silently judging that mom. Like, that child needs or she should um, fill in the blank with whatever, however you would handle it. Um, but now I have compassion. I have been in a grocery store where my child was screaming and did, just didn't want to go in the grocery store. He just wanted to go home. He was done for the day. And um, I was followed to the bathroom. I just had to go to the bathroom. It was a very simple stop. Like I needed two things and go to the bathroom. Um, and he screamed all the way back to the bathroom and screamed the entire time I went to the bathroom and I washed my hands and I came out and there was a, a kind-hearted man waiting for me threatening to call the police <laughs> because I must have been beating my child in the bathroom. <laughs> Um, it was frightening. And so I think in that experience, I realized, like, I don't know what everybody is going through. I don't know what your story is, but I do know how to pray. And so I've replaced my silent judgment in grocery stores with silent prayers and smiling at the moms. Sometimes you just need a smile and an encouragement. So um, I know a lot less than I thought I did. That's been my experience. Yes, thank you, Lisa. That's excellent. Um, yeah, I'm sure all of you have challenges like you're thinking of right now. And if you can just remember to be thankful for those challenges, often when you look back, they're good. You know, just like Rebecca said, they're for good. Yeah. And when we do look back and see how God has provided, it helps to kind of mitigate our fears um, for the future and going forward. Though we do easily forget. So maybe one practical thing is to keep a list of the ways that you do see God working. If you're in the middle of a challenge, um, Look, be purposeful to look for the ways that God is working. I think that would be a great encouragement. Now, one thing I've noticed is that young children are generally very accepting of everyone, and they don't really see differences in other children. But do you think it's helpful for other children, to our, for our children, to be taught certain things about kids with special needs or about kids who might look different from their family because they've been adopted? Help us moms understand how we might be able to train our kids in this. Um, we've entertained a lot of questions over the years. Um, I can't think of one innocent child question that was a problem. Not for my kids, not for me. There have been a lot of prying adult questions that have been though, especially by cashiers in grocery stores, wanting to know the full story of my boys and how they came to be in our family. And that, I've watched my kids be visibly uncomfortable with. So um, kids ask questions and they're curious and that's not really a problem. And it's, it's okay to, for adults to ask questions. Just, you know, maybe listen to the answers and take social cues. Yeah, I think, so kids with special needs do not feel like they have special needs. I remember when I was little, I was hearing my mom talking to someone and she said something like, oh yeah, you know, Rebecca has special needs. And I was like, what? I don't have special needs. I am a normal person. What is she talking about? Um, so kids just want to be kids. Like they really, you know, Robin has little ears and he really thinks nothing of it. And his friends know that they have little ears. His friends help 
him points your head back on when it pops off. <laughs> right, Jeanette? Um, they just want to be kids, and differences are just a normal part of their life. Um, as a mom, I have no problem when people ask questions. As long as they're doing it kindly and they just have a general curiosity, it's totally fine. But yeah, I think that adults can be the awkward ones. Your kids are fine. Um, I, yes, I have um, two children who are adopted who are biracial, and it doesn't matter. Like, there's there's no problem with that. And sometimes people want to touch their hair, and <laughs> they don't mind at all. Um, as far as as I look back, my older children are very comfortable with other cultures and other races, and I thought about it, and I think it's because of the time we have spent with other cultures and other races. We've spent down in Lucas County Children's Services for hours and hours and visitation, and we've seen it all down there, and they got used to it. And, um, you know, going down to the downtown library, I would encourage you, go to the library. Be confident as you go to that downtown library. Um, get involved in uh, a, some kind of school ministry in a neighborhood that's not so great. or um, we volunteered at uh, Mosaic Ministries, and um, it's wonderful, you know, like they can serve dinner right alongside of you, and that's the best way to train your children, to be comfortable with other people, is just have them be around people that are not like themselves. Yeah, that's great advice. And kind of what I'm, the theme I'm hearing from you guys is that kids are curious, and that's okay. And so instead of us moms trying to silence the questions of our kids or make them feel bad for asking, you know, we should, um, we should talk to them and be, and be okay talking to them uh, with their questions. And maybe even use it as an opportunity to speak to our kids about the unique ways that God has made each of us. Um, he is creator and he's made each one of us unique. I agree that we often adults can, you know, we overthink kids' simple curiosity. So that was good. Those were good reminders. Well, even though we moms like to think that we can do it all, there does come a point when we realize we need help and wisdom. What scripture has been helpful to meditate on when these challenges seem overwhelming? I think um, the passage that I mentioned before, James 1, 2 through 4, and then also a lot of the Psalms. Um, yeah, I was just reading in Genesis about Abraham, and I love the, the story of Abraham and how he's tested and how God uses that test to strengthen Abraham's faith. And um, if any of you might not know that story, Abraham's asked to um, sacrifice his son Isaac. And this is the son that they waited for forever. Um, Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And, um, and Abraham was obedient in that. And, uh, you know, I'm sure all of you have tests right now. Uh, and it's just trusting God with those tests. And um, see and see how he sees you through. Um, I wouldn't say that I have one main verse that I've clung to over the years. There have been um, multiple verses in multiple different situations that I have in that season uh, repeated over and over to myself. But staying in the Word is the most crucial thing. You really have to just—I can't emphasize it enough. Staying in the Word and reading it is a lifeline. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you made that point, Lisa, because if we're not reading God's word, then we don't have that input into our life to touch whatever situation that we're in, um, speaking truth into that.
God knows us and our kids better than anyone, and he will use his word to meet us right where we are. Well, no doubt that when we are being squeezed and tested through, tra- through challenges, our humanity and frailty tend to, raise, to rise up. So how do you respond to your own sin that comes out as a result of these challenges, and how do you not lose hope in those times? Um, so uh, I will talk about the challenge of having a child who does not follow the Lord. I think of that verse about, um, I have no greater joy to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And I have friends that know this verse and they can testify to the truth in it. And um, they have complete joy. And for me, I, I pray for that. I pray often for that. And um, it's just keeping my eyes fixed on the Lord and having my hope in him. Yes, and Renee, while a lot of our moms here have little ones, and what you just shared might seem like a far-off idea um, and maybe irrelevant right now because they're not grown kids, but I think it's important to remember that, as you said, the salvation of our children belongs to the Lord. And while we must take an active role in raising them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, we do have to, or we might have to wait until we actually see the real fruit of that And I think it's a good reminder to moms of kids of any age that we need to trust the Lord um, and the timing of this to teach them God's word and to pray for them because it is ultimately the Lord's. Thank you. I think my biggest temptation happens when I'm thinking about the future and thinking about the possibility of my future children having future problems like much, much more severely than Robin and I have. Um, which is very possible. So it's really easy to feel afraid and anxious about that. But I have to remind myself that God's word is true and that God says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through 18. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So I have to remember that even if God does bring severe medical challenges in the future, that this life is not it. God will use my child's life and their challenges to prepare them for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. I don't think a day goes by that I'm not made aware of just how sinful I am. Um, I I don't end my days um, necessarily feeling particularly hopeful every single day. Um, so I haven't been really entirely successful, I wouldn't say, in not losing hope. I've had moments where um, I've questioned where I'm at, why I'm doing what I'm doing, um, why God has me where I'm, I'm at. Um, you know, through the journey of being a stepmom and a bio mom and um, an adoptive mom, I've wondered at times, and it's a hard thing to admit. Um, How am I going to keep my salvation through all this? Because there have been days where I'm like, 
go to hell. Like this is this is bad. Who? And and I'm saying this to be clear, somewhat tongue in cheek. I, I'm well aware of God's word. I'm well aware of Scripture. Um, I know He's keeping me. Um, but there are days where um, I spend it in tears, wondering um, what kind of Christian am I? Um, like after Allie passed away. I questioned a lot of things. I, I don't think you can go through an unexpected death of a child, even if it is not my biological child, and wonder who God is, why he's doing what he's doing. Um, so when I'm sitting in those puddle of tears, because those are, those are the days sometimes, um, and I'm overwhelmed by the magnitude of needs around me, and the fact that I'm never going to meet them all. I'm never going to have, I have Mount St. Laundry upstairs. <laughs> I am never going to fold it all and put it away. I am never going to be caught up. I am never going to have all the dishes done. I am never going to have all the floors swept. It's just, I'm not going to do it. So when I'm sitting in the overwhelm, um, you know, what, what do you do? How do, how do you handle it? Um, it's, yeah, I haven't always been successful in that. There's well, my dirty secret. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think like you're describing, you know, multiple things there, but we've all felt that sense of overwhelming. And, you know, when we're in that challenge, that's when Satan likes to go ahead and make us feel like failures. And, you know, you kind of describe that a bit. And, um, you know, he would love for just devour us with that, you know, with those feelings of failures and feeling of isolation. So um, how have you fought against that? And I don't think this would be any different than any other challenging moment that you guys have. I, you know, you have to go back to the beginning. Um, why am I doing what I'm doing in the first place? I didn't adopt my boys because I am a sweet and kind and benevolent person. <laughs> I am not any of those things. Um, we started the process to adopt each one of our kids with a very personal story where God led us to them. Um, for each of them. It, it was not a go out and what good thing can I do? It was, this is what God is calling me to do and I'm gonna go do it. Um, so remembering why I was doing what I was doing and um, you know, I prayed for each of these boys to come home. Um, I prayed, I wanted to get married. I wanted to be a stepmom, um, but it was a huge internal conflict to dislike what I knew originated in God's plan for my life um, and that I prayerfully wanted to happen. It's, it's an internal conflict. So being consistent in scripture reading and um, letting that truth kind of pour into my life and into my heart and remind me that the God who is good and faithful and who started this work would finish it. He would bring it to completion in whatever time and whatever way he chose to was really, really important. When I didn't know what to do with all of the questions from Allie's passing, um, I read Psalms and I did what David did. I cried out to him with my whole heart. I laid all of my questions before him. Um, I didn't necessarily find all of the answers, but I ended it in reminding myself like David did of who God is, that he's good, that he's faithful, that he's trustworthy, that he's true, and it doesn't really matter what I'm feeling in the moment. All of those things are true. Um, and then I picked up the book of Job. 
And I found comfort in knowing that God isn't afraid of our questions. He doesn't tell us not to come to him. He doesn't tell us not to ask. Um, he, he welcomes them. Come, come reason with me, he says to us. Uh, when the tears wouldn't stop, I just raised my hand and prayed in the tears and, and, and praised him with tears. Um, when the questions came, and there's always more questions, um, I didn't stop there. You know, you, you, um, we don't always say and do the things that are right. Um, but when you're in the Word of God and you're actively, actively seeking Him and you're taking God's Word and you're hiding it inside of your heart, the Holy Spirit is faithful to bring that up in the moment. And so, like I said, I don't think I can say it enough. Staying in God's Word is the anchor that holds you. And any of it, you know, ups and downs of life. Um. Oh, to be clear, my life is not full of death and horror <laughs> every single day. You know, it, 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 we have special needs. We have special needs, and there are some hard days, but we have some really sweet days, too. And a lot of days are probably like yours. They're just in between. Like, you, you're doing what you got to do, and you're living life. So I, I, I wanted to be really clear about that. <laughs> I knew you did. I was hoping you were. So Rebecca said, this life is not it in, when she was speaking. And in each of your responses, I hear that echoed in all of you. Um, that when we keep our eyes on Christ in eternity, we are reminded that these challenges are not what define our lives, but who we are in Christ does. And that is an eternal manner that can't be taken away regardless of the trials that come. And yet, we do need to be encouraged by our fellow sisters, our husbands, our pastors. And we know that God has given us each other to help us in times of hardship and grief. So how have you guys seen others encourage you through these challenges? I think people just simply saying that they've seen God working through me has been really helpful. So I think if you see a mom who is going through a trial, but you see how God is growing her, I think it can be an immense help to her if you just say that. Um, just tell her what you see. It can be obvious to us on the outside to see how God is working in someone, but it can be harder for them. They may not totally see what you see. So just saying what you see can be really encouraging and helpful. Um, so I have a quick story. Um, I've had three miscarriages, and um, we didn't we usually didn't tell people right away when I was pregnant. And so this, no one knew that I had had this miscarriage. And um, so I went to church on Sunday. This was at our old building. And uh, everyone was singing, and I was singing, but I did not feel like I was singing. It was just the weirdest thing. And um, uh, I was in a room full of people that loved the Lord, and I felt so alone, and, and it was so heartbreaking. And um, just to compare it with another story, I, um, I had a foster baby leave at like three months, and um, it too was heartbreaking. And um, I came here on a Sunday morning, and my family and I were so encouraged. Um, God had sent people to love on us and show their care. It was amazing. The difference was amazing. And... Um, 
So my challenge to you is to, um, you know, talk to people. Let them know your struggles. I'm sure you have struggles even right now, things that are heartbreaking to you. Tell people and they'll come alongside of you. And there's one more thing I want to say. Um, there was one person in particular who, um, I'm not going to look at her, <laughs> but she was a big help to me and her name was Lisa Kepler. And it was right here after Mom to Mom that I had a conversation with her. And um, that conversation allowed me to not be bitter. It allowed me to grieve and um, grow closer to the Lord. So thank you, Lisa. Don't underestimate the power of a kind word. Yeah, no matter how simple it is that you whisper to your friend or say casually walking by another mom. Um, being asked how I'm doing and having somebody actually stay to listen and not be satisfied with my, yeah, I'm fine, yeah. which is my pat answer for typically everybody um, is really important. So just stopping for a couple minutes and actually listening and maybe asking a couple questions. Um, I had a young lady in our church for a couple years. Um, one of your daughters text me on the anniversary of Valley's passing every year and tell me um, that she was praying for me. That was huge. Um, because as a stepmom, I rarely had anybody concerned with how I might be feeling in Allie's passing. Um, the conversation usually lended itself to my husband or the kids or um, her brother or anybody but me. And so that, that was important to me. It meant a lot. I had, I've gotten letters with scriptures and prayers from different women in the church and that it would always arrive on a day that I needed it most. God is faithful to do that. Um, so sending a note to somebody. And um, I recently had a very sweet friend uh, slip me a card on her way out of my home, and it was a picture of Allie. She had found a note of encouragement. Thank you. So those things are like a breath of fresh air to somebody who's struggling. So just be willing to speak up and talk and take a moment for people. Thanks for sharing that. I think um, it's a great gift God has given us in the body of Christ. Um, what would you say to those, though, who may be thinking that their situation is unlike any others and maybe tend to assume that no one will understand or know how to encourage them? It's really easy to get into a mindset that you are alone, that you're the only one in your circle of friends or in your church that know what it is to go through your particular trial. And in a sense, that could be true. You may be the only one who has your particular medical diagnosis or challenge. And growing up, I felt this way. I felt very alone because I was the only one that I really knew who had a birth defect. But then as I got older, I began to realize that like pretty much everybody has some sort of medical challenge, big or small. Um, 
So we may not know another mom dealing with our particular medical challenge, but we know moms who deal with challenges. That's every one of us. I'm looking around this room right now and I see moms of kids who have had all sorts of challenges. We have eczema, burns, feeding tubes, developmental delays, cancer, tongue ties, heart defects, even babies that never sleep. I am looking for you, Mary. That is you. <laughs> we have to realize that we are not alone. We are surrounded or should be surrounded by moms and people who are not moms who love God and who are faithfully walking through trials. A little side note here though, I think that finding online or in-person communities of moms who are dealing with your particular medical challenge can be very, very helpful in navigating the everyday nitty gritty details of your medical challenge. But you need to be wary that these people do not necessarily have your spiritual growth in mind. For a little bit, I followed a mom on Instagram who had a little boy who had Treacher Collins. And at first I enjoyed seeing someone who had my particular medical challenge, you know, seeing what they did and all of that. But after a while, it made me depressed because that mom did not love the Lord. She was bitter that her son had this challenge. And I ended up unfollowing her because it was depressing and it was not helpful at all. So I want to challenge you to take the medical tips from those online communities or in-person communities, but leave the fear and the doubt and the bitterness that comes from people who do not love the Lord. Instead, we need to cling to and receive biblical encouragement and challenges from godly people who are not necessarily going through our particular trial. God's word and his truth are always applicable, no matter if it comes from a mom who's going through your trial or someone who is not. Do not fall into the trap of rejecting biblical encouragement or challenge if it comes from someone you think does not understand. Do not say, this person doesn't understand what I'm going through, so they have no right to tell me to trust God or to have joy. Do not do that. The reality is the word of God was ultimately written by someone who does understand your every sorrow and trial. Hebrews chapter four says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So rejecting what the Word of God says and other people who tell you what the Word of God says, that will only lead to isolation, doubt, and fear. Trusting God's Word will bring mercy and grace in our time of need. I think adding to that, um, I think a lot of, on the rare occasion where I get to sit down with another adult woman and have a conversation, um, a lot of times if the person is sharing their struggle, it's with a precursor of, it's not what you're going through, but um, my challenges do not negate your challenges. My hurt does not negate your hurt. Um, so share, 
you know, um, but my challenge would also be, and it's my challenge to myself, and it's something my husband has to remind me of on more than one occasion. Get out of your own head. Stop circling around in your thoughts about how hard your life is and how difficult your life is. Um, and that probably sounds harsh, um, but I think I probably need the harsh, the harsh word every once in a while. So um, it's really not hard to find people in your world who are hurting and who are going through challenging things. You just have to stop looking at what's in front of you and be willing to see other people and the fact that other people have needs too. And so, yeah, get out of your own head. Stop thinking so much about what you're going through and look to other people. Yeah, taking our eyes off ourselves is always a good uh, thing in any situation. So thanks for that. Um, well, as Christians, we understand that all of our greatest need is not to stay on the developmental chart or perform to certain standards or fully understand our family heritage. We understand that our greatest need is to know and be known by the Lord, to call upon him in saving faith. How has, the understand, how has understanding the gospel allowed you to be a mom of a child with special needs or an adopted child who looks at her child's soul more than their achievements, differences, or family background? Um, so the gospel is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And um, he, he died to take away our sins and to give us new life in him. And that's the best news that we have here today. And when we um, invite him into our heart and uh, surrender, then we become a child of his. And we're adopted into his community, into his, his family. And that's what makes adoption so beautiful, is because you're taking children who don't have a family, and they are being adopted into their own family. And it, adoption is a beautiful thing. So. Yes, it is. And that's what God has done for us. And while we can't remove challenges from our kids' lives, we do have the privilege of sharing the knowledge of Jesus with them. Yeah, I, I think when you've been through intensely difficult things and you felt the presence of God um, in that unique way, uh, Scripture says that he's near to the brokenhearted, and that word broken is, um, if you can visualize it, it's dust. And you've been crushed to dust, and you felt the comfort of God in that moment. Um, you have an awareness of the beauty that God is going to bring out of that challenge. And so while you wouldn't necessarily want your child to go through painful and difficult challenges, you're going to walk through it with some hope um, that you may not have had otherwise. So um, you're looking for the fruit and you're looking for the goodness of God. Um, and so you wait and you encourage uh, your kids in those moments in a different way, I think. Yeah, for sure. And we know that because of sin in the world, we all have challenges. Some are bigger than others, and some are longer lasting than others. If there's another mom here who today, and I'm sure that's all of us, who is dealing with a challenging situation, what would you say to her as we wrap up this morning? I want to go back to the four points that I was talking about earlier. Um, God is in charge of all things. God is good, and all that he does is good. God has a plan, and God loves you and your child. Um, and my one of my favorite verses is, uh, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. 
and um, what a promise that is for us and what what it, it is something to hold on to and it gives us hope yeah i think i've said it a few times today um, make the word of god your anchor and then hold fast um and like elizabeth elliott used to say do the next thing you know walk walk forward and do the next thing well it has been really encouraging this morning to be reminded of the hope that we can have in the midst of challenges there is the temptation to feel isolated, to fear, and to question what God is doing, all things that you guys spoke about. But as you also made clear, these challenges are brought into our lives by a God who loves us and is strengthening us. I picked up some great practical takeaways from each of you. I heard the importance of staying in God's word consistently. If any of you here want to talk further about how to do that, or if you'd be interested in joining a Bible study, like Audrey mentioned earlier, um, talk to Wendy, you can talk to myself or any women up here or um, your table leader. Just maybe, you know, what it means to be in God's word consistently. Um, I also heard the importance of speaking truth to ourselves, to remind ourselves that God brings challenges into our lives to bring forth fruit. And I think Rebecca's four points are worth repeating quickly. If you haven't jotted them down on your thing there yet. Uh, God is in charge of all things. God is good. God has a plan and God loves us and our kids. I pray that this has been encouraging to each of you here this morning and to those who might hear the recording later. We will all face challenges, but as we have heard, these challenges can produce good fruit in the lives of our kids, in us, and in those around us. In each of your stories, I hear and I see how God has strengthened you and grown you in more dependence upon him. And that should be the goal of each of our lives. Nothing is out of God's control and he has promised to work good things through all, all things to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Well, that was pretty amazing to hear. These women who don't have perfect homes or perfect children, hey, wait a minute, None of us have perfect children. We all have challenges. I love the principles that they shared today on how we can trust God, even in the challenges that He gives us. I am so thankful for these three women who sat on this panel and the way that God has worked in them and used them. And I love that all of their parenting journeys are very different from each other because it helps us to realize that God has given us a path to walk on and He calls us to obedience and He calls us to trust Him. And that's what our panel today told us. Hey, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you for parenting and the fact that we who are parents get to do this. I thank you for each child who is represented as we are listening today to the podcast. I thank you for the honesty of the three women, Rebecca and Lisa and Renee on the panel today. I thank you for their honesty and for their real life examples. Lord, I pray that you'd help us with whatever challenges we're facing in our parenting. May we trust you more. May we seek you more. And may we know that you are with us through this journey. In Jesus' name, amen. It's time for our episode's Tiny Tidbits. Um, a tiny tidbit is just a small piece of information that can help you in a really big way. Today's Tiny Tidbit is brought to you from Lydia Kutsky. Lydia, I'm so glad you're here again with us. Uh, you have some good tiny tidbits uh, related to 
fun things to do with your kids, mm-hmm. right? So, so like some things, and, and you have a lot of little girls. I do. You have only little girls right now. Currently. Okay, currently. Do we know something? Yeah, oh. the fifth one is a boy. Oh, okay. Are you supposed to do this on a podcast? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. That's I, I mean, I don't care. Everybody knows. Okay. Okay, good. Because I think <laughs> I feel like I just spilled the beans nope. or something. Nope. Okay. All right. Well, tell us what you do with your little girls all day long. Um, well, currently two of them are in school. Okay. So we get up, breakfast, they go to school. Yeah. Um, the other two, we come home. I make their breakfast because they kind of just snack before. And then um, throughout the day... We usually start by cleaning up the playroom, and then they have a fresh canvas to mess up. Yes, um, <laughs> yes, I like that. It's positive. <laughs> and then um, usually Max likes to do a lot of crafty things. Okay. Um, she'll ask for um, anything that we have um, to keep her busy. Um, she's not the one that really likes to play with toys. Okay. So she will much prefers to color and to get things out there like and that. to staple things and to glue things and to cut out little pieces and and they're they're so special so mm-hmm. so tell me about what you do with that sort of so stuff. that i have um always easily accessible i have a bookshelf um in my in their playroom that has the like the bottom three shelves are things for them to do so the bottom two are like baby toys um little kid toddler toys then the third shelf, um, actually it's third and fourth shelves, are um, craft stuff. Okay. So I have paper, I have colored paper, regular paper. They have um, spiral bound notebooks like you would get for school. Yeah. Um, they almost all will just sit down with a pen in one of those notebooks and just color in it. Oh. So like they don't even I have coloring books and things, but they prefer they do their to own just drawings do their and, own yep, drawings and yep. things on those notebooks. Yeah, that's fine. And so I have a lot of those there and I kind of go through them every once in a while. Throw away the ones that yep. have every single page colored on. Yeah, cuz you can get, get those new for ones. 10 cents in August. Yes. Correct. <laughs> so that is where actually I do most of my like craft supplies shopping. So I have I always have markers, pencils, colored pencils, pens, mm-hmm. crayons. All of that is in, I have like a, an Ikea storage box that has shelves in it and, well, drawers. And they all, the drawer has all of that in it. And they go and they get out whatever they want. And they can go get out whatever they want from the other shelf. And yeah. they go and, they're and they are easily color. accessible then. Yeah. So yeah, that's one thing that I, um, my mom always had growing up was mm-hmm. coloring stuff. That was easily accessible. So that's what I've always done. Mm-hmm. And they all love to color. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just go and do their own kind of thing. So I always have those things available. And then during back-to-school shopping, I usually stock up. And I have one of those three-tiered like plastic organizer things Okay. in a closet upstairs that just I throw all my extra notebooks, your pens, supply. markers. Your surplus. Yes. The warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all the things that, you know, you get for less than a dollar yeah. or whatnot, I stock up on those and keep them in there. Because, you know, crayons break. Yep. My and dog actually ate, ooh. like, an entire box of crayons one day. Ooh. So, you know. They, they are just... non-toxic, so I think you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was fine. But, so, you know, I always have those extra things ready to um, replace the old ones that get used. Um, and they, I mean, like I said, they have coloring books and things. And as a side note, 
every once in a while for a fun family night thing, we will, well, I will either copy or print out all the same picture. Fun. And we will all sit down with a box. I have a giant box of markers and we'll all just get out the box of markers and we will all just sit around the table, even like my two-year-old, I'll put her in her high chair and give her one or two. Yeah. And we all color the same picture, and fun. we have a lot of fun doing that. Do you have a competition? No, that'd be Not really yet. hard. Yeah, that'd be hard. When they maybe when they get a little older. Yeah. Um, but even Mark, I even make Mark sit down and do it with us. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I love it. You know um, the um, so my background's in early childhood, and I just have to say that that is such a really cool thing, um, and it is so important for kids to write and to do those sorts of things: draw in notebooks, have pens, cut, glue. Um, there's a direct correlation with cutting and reading. I mean, there's mm-hmm. just a lot of really good things that happen with that. And a lot of times moms don't like the mess. Mm-hmm. So you got to live with the mess a little bit. A little bit. I also, one of the things that I've really liked with that, um, going off of that, is dry erase books. Oh, perfect. Okay. So um, I actually have ended up with a box of dry erase markers because I, again, back to school shopping yes. and whatnot. Yes. <laughs> Correct find some that are you know 20 cents or something and um i've gotten books from aldi and sam's club and costco that are just dry erase books their letters numbers shapes basically preschool or kindergarten type um Mm -hmm. age group and they will sit for hours yes and just do those yes over and over and over again they'll wipe them off they'll do them again Obviously, they don't always get 100% clean, so I have a bottle of the spray that I keep, and every great once in a while, I'll go yep. through and clean it off. And they reuse, you know, they use them over and over and over again. Yep. And they don't even necessarily follow everything that's in the book, but this a lot of the books, it's just fun for them. And a lot of the books have um, pencil practice yes. um, things. In there, to in do. there, to like do. a zigzag to follow, or a circle, or a spiral. Yes. And those. So another book that I have that my mom got Paisley when she was around three is called um, "The School Zone Tracing Trails," and it's like four dollars on Amazon. Okay. And Paisley loved it. We did uh-huh. it with a pencil. I bought it again. She did the whole book like in one sitting. Loved it. So then I bought a third one, and I was like, okay. We're going to get smart this time. Yeah. (laughs) And expensive. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's $4. So, you know, it's not that much, but still. So I bought a laminator and I tore out all the pages and I laminated each one. Yes. And then they use that with the dry erase markers also. And that one starts out as like big, chunky spaces for them to like lines or zigzags or. Sure. You know, ups and downs that they get that pencil practice in and yeah. then it gets into mazes and yep. so then they get a little harder so yep. they start out they're thick and then they get thin and then by the end of the book they're doing letters yes um and so. that's so good for fine motor skills i love it it's even it's easy enough for my like when max when she was two was doing it wow good you know we start with that and since they all love to color they see their older sisters doing it yeah Adeline is just turned to the beginning of April and she knows how to hold a pencil. She yep. knows how to draw and yes. follow things. So it's really nice for them to all, um, helpful for them for their 
yes, motor skills. Absolutely. And you're a girl after my own heart because I too have an, a laminator. We're in the same club, Lydia. I love my laminator. I have found a lot of things yes. to laminate yes. that I didn't know that I needed to laminate. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm with you. <laughs> I laminate all kinds of things because it's fun. So that's yeah. good. Thank you so much for that tiny tidbit. You're welcome. That was a little bit bigger than a tiny tidbit, <laughs> but good. No, that's okay. <laughs> It's not bad. It's just, it was a hefty tiny tidbit. So good stuff there, though. Hey, join us next week as we are going to be jumping into a topic on prayer. What a perfect segue from today because we heard over and over today that prayer is important. So we're going to hear another specific talk on how we need to purpose to pray every day. So join us next week for that. Hey, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Women of the Word CTW. There's a lot of great content on those platforms. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, You can always email me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And all of that information is always in our show notes. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time. Thank you.